Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. Ah, yes. Country country roads take me back home here to Iowa. It's good to be back. After a brief trip out to West Virginia, with the Tim Pool Show back here within the cozy, comfy confines. It's a home game here, again, on the Steve Day Show. That would be me alongside Todd Erzin. Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. We have a ton going on on the program here today. Daniel Horowitz, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, will be joining me a little bit later on. Of course, also my co-author for the best-selling book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with a New Nuremberg Trial, so this never happens again. We'll see later this week what entities that claim to chart such things. We will see whether or not they have it in them to acknowledge the reality of the numbers. Because as they say in the poker world, we got the nuts. Okay? We got the nuts. So it'll be fascinating to see. <clears throat> can the uh, Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, can they, can they bring themselves to write the words? R- type in to their pagination mechanisms, their layouts of their pages, Todd. Do you think they, they can bring themselves to type the words? Rise of the Fourth Reich. Do you think they can bring themselves to do it? Only if there's enough other stuff going on to distract the readers from that. Bearing the lead kind of thing. If sure, they, sure. If they think there's enough distraction going on, that's how you'll get away with it. In terms of, I don't know, explosions at industrial factories. Yeah. How many more of those? Do well, we they're, not, they're not covering those anyway. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, great. there's a lot more important news than whether we make the list or not. But they're not covering that. They're not covering that news anyway. So what's their excuse? <laughs> we're, we're, we both wrote the book they didn't want to write, and then our industry is covering the news that they don't want to cover, right? So then, sounds to me like they're pretty much without excuse. What are they covering then? Journalism is magical, Steve. <laughs> Indeed, and not at all broken, as Indeed. as you have been fond of saying for many years. So we've got the nuts uh, on that. So we'll we'll see if uh, the various entities that claim to monitor and chart some things. Or such things. We'll, we'll see a little bit later on this week if they agree. So Daniel will join us about that and more coming up uh, next hour of the show. We will get to buy, sell, or hold as well. Want to get to our friends over at Better Spectacles. Uh, they provided the glasses that I am wearing today. And they are 144-year-old German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear. I don't mean that to say the glasses I am wearing are 144 years old. But the company that engineered the frames... They are. They are considered the gold standard in the West when it comes to optometry. And now those frames are available for wide distribution and for problematic prescriptions like mine. I'm a little far. I'm a little near. Uh, I am with the, uh, in need of what they call progressive lenses, which means I'm on the way to at some point needing Harry Carey uh, um, bifocals. Hopefully not the thick Coke bottle kind. I don't need any more help looking awkward but if you want the uh the the phenomenal frames not just for your problematic prescription but your everyday one too get started with our friends over at better spectacles schedule a teleoptical appointment you won't have to leave your own home and you'll get signed up with uh, some of the best opticians in the country 
And right now, they're offering you an introductory offer to get you started right now. 61% off their progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted rodent stock frames. That's right. They throw the frames in for free when you get started at betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Once more, that is betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Let us begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Dropping Bombs. Steve went on the TimCast with Tim Pool on Monday evening and dropped bombs he did. Here are the top three clips from Steve's appearance. Ukraine is my last nerve. And, and this is hard for me to say as a kid who's a child of the, of the 80s, who grew up in the We're America Bitch 80s, who wore Alex P. Keaton monogrammed sweater vests, Okay, and and got up in the middle of the night to cheer Reagan bombing Gaddafi back to the Neolithic period. This is hard for me to say. Okay, you're taking my my high school age son to fight and die in Ukraine, literally over my dead body. I'm never allowing that. I'm never letting you take him to die for your Habsburg dynasty, World War I, needless 20 million pile of deaths replay over your elite's pissing contest. Not happening. I don't care what the threat is. I don't care what the penalty is. And if you think you're drafting my daughters, get the camps ready because you're going to need them. Never happening. This is, a, this, is, this is an example of history doesn't just repeat. It rhymes. This is a ha- these, are a, these are a bunch of elites, a, a little cabal that are all, throw Putin, all of them all in together. This is a Habsburg dynasty pissing contest over a strip of land most people can't find don't care about has no strategic value to anybody within the sound of my voice unless they're involved in in investing money with hunter biden this thing is such a crock it's so fake it's so phony it's one of the most simplistic disgusting stories i've ever seen it's one of the most cynical stories i've ever seen it's wag the dog but dumber and 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 this this to me is the final straw of just absolute civil disobedience we're never fighting your damn war hell no like jesus tried but they just killed him off and made a religion out of him and they're like worship him now and it's like dude he was trying to wake people up to god how do we uh, anytime i've seen in the past people try they get co-opted and cults get made out of them and then they just the war machine moves on the roman empire started a church well here's what I, here's what i would say no one remembers almost any of the names of the roman war machine everybody still remembers jesus's name we mark time, by the way. We, we mark time. Human civilizations mark time by the birth and death of Christ. All right? The most, the, the, the most attended worship event in the, of the year in human civilization for going on a second epoch is the, is, the, is the marking of the resurrection of Christ, followed only by the marking of the birth of Christ. So I would argue his legacy is very intact. What it's, those of people like me who believe that he is God, that he was resurrected, and the, ch- the testimonies that we have of the changes that have gone on in our lives, and then we have gone on and helped other people and do things that are beyond our normal capabilities so we don't give ourselves over to the nihilism that Tim talks about, I would argue his legacy is intact. All the people that put him to death, they're all in the ground, all right? Nobody cares about any of them. But Christ is still exalted and hailed and worshipped 2,000 years later. So I think his legacy is in really good shape. I had a hard time for many, many years. I didn't become a Christian until I was 30. 
And nor, and most stats show if you're not one by the time you, you're 18, you're, you, the, the odds you'll become one are very, very low. Why? Because a lot of times our first notions of God as a father come from the father that we had in our own home. And if the father in our own home cannot properly model that to us, it, the older we get, the harder it is for us to grasp that concept. And so it was very difficult for me to understand the idea of an altruistic God. It was very difficult for me to accept that. It was very difficult for me to look at the evil in the world and think that such an altruistic being could exist. It was very difficult for, then, then of course, I liked the way I was living and didn't want to change, as you just pointed out. And then I realized there's a missing component in all of this. We're all very anxious to question God's character. When do we start questioning our own? When does the questioning of our character begin? Um, and then you have to ask, well, who among us has the wherewithal to judge one another's character? Are you perfect? You, 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 I'm not. So then we all realize no one's perfect, so no one can judge our character. So guess then what we don't have any more of? Character. No one's held accountable for, every, for anything. And so you have this systemic societal collapse and that's and that becomes a feedback loop and that's where we are now and that's why i said we need revival we need to we need to remember that there is a creator there is a better way than this and yeah you are correct ian we could sit here with every worldview and we could pick out a few moments i mean have you ever had your heart broken by a woman yes. before did you did you did you, did you proclaim celibacy and decide for, for all like women. Five years, yeah. Did you? Okay, but are you celibate now? No. All right. Did you? Are all women terrible because a few broke your heart? No, and but they were you? for like seven years, man. And I, I made a lot of videos about my hate for women. And it, you were hurt, yeah. But eventually, though, the need that you had for that companionship, for that intimacy, eventually that need wore one out, did it not? Say that one more time. The need for that for for, for companionship for for intimacy, that need that you had that desire went out over the anger and the bitterness that you experienced because of the way your heart was broken. Right. I think I didn't I didn't know I couldn't sense the need. I was desensitized to the the want of of a woman of of the connection of of a relationship or emotions for like a decade, and I almost killed. You know that was the end. But yeah. then I, I just decided to start over again, and you know I, still, I would I would encourage you I would encourage you open up a Bible. Just you and God, one-on-one. -on -one. Give God that exact same shot. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage, brought to you by our friends at Bonner Private Wines. You've been hearing me talk about these amazing extreme-altitude wines from the Bonner Private Wine Partnership for a few years now. Uh, from deep in the Andes Mountains, Malbec grapes at about 9,000 feet. Families that have been uh, overseeing these vineyards the old-fashioned way for going on a second century. Uh, blackberry, leather, smoke, a little dark cherry. Todd can personally attest with uh, a very voluminous testimonial uh, as to the, uh, the excellence of these wines. And now they've made their offer a little sweeter. All right. Uh, Bonner Private Wines, B-O-N-N-E-R, BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. You'll still get 50% off uh, the wine and 50% off the shipping. But now they also add into the deal uh, a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar. So now it applies to four bottles and not just three. All right. Half off of the wine and half off of the shipping. When you go to BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve, that's BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. So let's start with a question I want to ask you guys. Why, why did you guys decide to make the montage based on my appearance with, with Tim Pool on Monday night? I thought it would be 
one, a great preview or jumping off point, but two, I just thought the environment. Now, I, I don't know how much of our audience is aware of who Tim Pool is or the background that he comes out of, but he made his bones in media by covering, I believe, the Occupy Wall Street Correct. protests yep. many moons ago. Sympathetically. Sympathetically. I first learned of Tim Pool before he kind of dropped off my radar for about a decade. I first learned of Tim Pool late 2000, turning of the first decade of 2000s. He worked for Vice, which is a left, 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 left wing media outlet. He did a lot of really interesting videos, though. A lot of videos about drugs that I found really fascinating. Um, but that's just an aside. And then he kind of dropped off my radar for a while. Now he is, I would say, very much an open-minded. He is probably, I would, he's not right-wing, but he's definitely against against what we would call the spirit of the age. They would just say mm -hmm. woke or something like that. Mm -hmm. But they're not they're not conservatives necessarily. His team isn't really conservatives. I don't think. Maybe you have a different perspective, having met them now. Mm -hmm. um, but to see your witness in that environment with those types of people one it's encouraging because a lot of people as as i've seen i've seen feedback just we had a bunch of submissions like this in buy sell or hold this week just not used to seeing a christian witness unapologetic like that and two maybe even more importantly or just as importantly to see that there are people who would not identify themselves with us but who are receptive to truth when they see it, when it is presented before them. I thought that was interesting. I thought that would be a good a good kind of jumping off uh, part of the show for, for your first show back from, from West Virginia. I appreciate that. And uh, I will say, guys, I have, I have received more reaction from that appearance than anything I've done in my career. Anything. Um, more reaction than... I received the night uh, Ted Cruz singled me out uh, when he won the Iowa caucuses on national television. More reaction to having a number one best-selling book when, when Todd, we had Fauci and Bargain. I mean, I had high school classmates and people that I've not heard from in many, many years, you know, come to me to say, hey, I heard about that. Congrats, you know. The volume of my inbox, I, I before we get into the issues, let me let me let me make sure I, I get this out of the way first. Um, I, I saw a lot of this when I got back to my hotel room Monday night after the show, and then I saw a lot more uh, going through my inbox and just trying to keep up on everything on my flight home from D.C. yesterday. And I guys, I got to tell you, I got I got choked up like multiple times. I mean, I just I'm very humbled, um, very appreciative, and. Um, The, the the amount the amount of people who who said one of two things to me this is the first time that I have been prompted to objectively consider your viewpoint Yeah, you know, it doesn't mean, hey, you know, I watched you on uh, Tim Pool last night and uh, got down on my knees and asked Jesus into my heart. I'm not the, I'm just a guy, man, and a, and, and a very imperfect one. Trust me. 
I have, I have skeletons in my closet and imperfections. Hell, many of them I've just told you um, that that we all have. But when we when we first started this show, one of the things we used to say a lot is we're not trying to win an argument; we're trying to start one. And I think, given the the magnitude of Tim's platform, I mean, I'm going on about 200 Twitter followers. That's about 12, 15 percent of the Twitter following that Tim Pool has. I mean, 200,000 Twitter followers is nothing to sneeze at, right? Mm-hmm. That's, I think it's 12 to 15 percent of the Twitter following that Tim has, and it's it's younger. It's a lot of people that, like Tim, were initially caught into something like Occupy Wall Street, looking for something that defied a system that they knew had failed them. That was not a system that they intrinsically knew was not going to pass on the heritage and legacy that they had been promised as young Americans, that they were going to inherit. They, they knew it wasn't going to be passed on to them. They knew. And so they, they, you start looking then for what's outside of the system that failed us, right? What's outside of Republicans and Democrats and conservative and liberal? I mean, and, and um, even religious or non-religious. What's outside of the conventional paradigm that's clearly broken, regardless of which side of it you're on? And a lot of them came of age around the time Occupy Wall Street was challenging those things. And I think I've talked about this before. I, I did a debate. Uh, in Wichita with a with an Occupy Wall Streeter, and and back in the day, and what I found is that, um, we agreed on all of the problems, completely agreed. Where the conversation broke down was on the solutions. I mean, he he essentially wanted more engagement. He wanted he wanted more from the institutions that had failed him. He wanted, he wanted more thumb on the scale from the institutions that had created the problems that he was regaling against. And, and so when you join a movement like Occupy Wall Street and you are confronted with the reality of the world and the reality of human nature and that the institutions that you are saying, hey, put your thumb on the scale harder, control more, they're just as prone to corruption and fallibilities as the people that you think and know already have betrayed you. And so you, when you come to that realization, you will go down one of two paths. One, you'll just join the cult. You'll just say, people who wear my uniform, people who have my ideology, tiptoe between the raindrops. They're, they're immune to the, the pressures and temptations and frailties of human nature that threaten and bedevil the rest of us. We see ample evidence of that, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, everybody who's gay gets an automatic benefit of the doubt, unless they're Rick Grinnell or Dave Rubin, and then they're not gay because they're outside the cold, right? Right. So, so, so those guys have not had enough gay sex. There's, there's no amount of other men that they could possibly have sex with that they would think, okay, fine, you're gay. No, no, you stopped being gay. You're not gay anymore. You're not. You're, you're outside the cult. So. You have a different identity now. You're the other. I mean, at this point, you might as well just go ahead and change your name to Saul of Tarsus. You're not any different. If you're black, automatic. Automatic. From the same group of people, automatic benefit of the doubt. Unless you're Jason Whitlock, our colleague. Unless you're Byron Donalds. Unless you're Mark Robinson. Now you're not black. And 98-pound albinos and, and Coke bottle glasses 
uh, I mean, who, who couldn't get laid at a whorehouse, they will now suddenly lecture you on what it means to be black, right? Yes. Yeah, and, and usually in the pages of, of esteemed publications like The Atlantic, right? Yes. You're not black anymore. You stop being black. I'm blacker than you now because you're outside the cult. That is the first path you will take. And, and unfortunately, many in your generation, Aaron, have chosen said path. But then there's another path. And this is a path where you actually are sincere in your, in your skepticism. You're actually sincere, a sincere iconoclast. You are not deconstructing the previous era's norms subversively for the purpose, the expressed purposes of them replacing them with your own, right? You're not, you're mm-hmm. not, you're not trying to get to the final page of Animal Farm and then look from man to pig and back to and pig to man and back to pig again and they couldn't tell the difference. You're not trying to do that. You are genuinely a seeker, genuinely seeking truth. You just realized, okay, this ain't it. That's the path that Tim and his, his peer group have taken. That's the path people like Joe Rogan have taken. What I find fascinating, those are two of the largest shows on this continent. Rogan is the largest show on the continent. And when I originally got into this, I never envisioned I was going to uh, discuss Russia collusion conspiracies and coup attempts and election fraud and virology and immunology. Okay. Never, I, r- originally, we got into this with the hopes of using the, the gifts and platforms that God has granted me to get in front of people like Tim and his crew that are earnest truth seekers to have an earnest conversation about truth. That, that was really, that's why I did outside. I just needed to raise my name ID. That's why I went to places like MSNBC so often and did programs because as long as they were willing to let me objectively present my case, then I don't, I don't care where the platform is. And so I, it was very refreshing and, you know, uh, and Ian and I had a great bro, a bro hug at the end after it was over. And, um, and so I think there were, there were a lot of young people that the church has left behind either because it's not, you know, it, it, it's not serious about taking, about helping the disadvantaged um, while the pastor's on his third Cadillac and, um, uh, you know, it, it looks like a, your church looks like a pottery barn outlet. Not saying there's anything wrong, by the way, of blessing your pastor with a Cadillac or having a nice looking church. But if you understand, you're constantly being watched. If you're going to do those things, right? The pastor and teacher is supposed to be double honored, right? Scripture says that, Mm -hmm. right? There's nothing inherently wrong with that. And I don't know that, you know, maybe your pastor was there for 50 years and drove a Datsun. And on the way out as a thank you, you bought him a Cadillac. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. But just understand though. You're constantly under, we are constantly under surveillance. So just make sure that you're balancing that perception with that reality. That's all that I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a nice pottery barn looking church, be even more intentional then about helping out the single moms in the neighborhood. Be even more intentional about it. Understanding that people are looking for reasons, looking for reasons to judge you while saying, stop judging me. They're looking for it. You got to be, you got to be self-aware. That's all I'm saying. Fair? Yeah. Okay. Or they weren't interested in truly having, providing real answers, real answers to the biggest problems, but just, you know, triteness, 
niceties, platitudes, shallowness. And these smart young adults are like, that ain't going to cut it in this world. You guys claim you have some you have some market cornered on absolute truth and you have you won't you can't answer for me the most important questions i have why am i the way that i am why is the world the way that it is what are we going to do about it instead it's five steps to having a you know nicer lawn Seven, I'm sorry, because that's the biblical number of completion. Seven steps to a nicer lawn. Seven steps to managing your money. It's, I mean, it's important to manage your money, but again, to what end? To what end? And then when we have real problems, real issues, hey, I think I might be same-sex attracted or someone I really care about is, what do we do? What does it mean? Well, you know, we're just here to love people. And you think you're being cool and hip and slick. You're not. They don't respect you at all. They don't. They don't think you're serious. They think you're a clown. The only people you're fooling are your congregation. They're already fooled. The rest of the culture has moved on. And they're joining things like Occupy Wall Street to find meaning. They're helping Bernie Sanders have a, a best-selling book that, that derides capitalism for which he will collect seven figures in advances and honorariums and, um, uh, and royalties for. Okay? You lost. And what I got a kick out of, and I loved the energy. I loved the energy from the time we got to his, got to his place. You could just tell the people are there. You know what? If I, could, if I could use one word to describe what the experience was like, because I got there about 5 o'clock, didn't leave till almost midnight. So, I mean, I was there for like seven hours around him, his family, his um, commune, for lack of a better description. Um, if I could pick one word, sincere real these people were sincere real i listened to people talk about struggles they had going on in their families at schools with their kids at their jobs people are they were sincere real actually living life and doing life together they were sincere and so being around that before the show it was very obvious to me before we went upstairs to do the show that whatever comes up any gotcha questions and everything else that were going to come up they were all going to come from a place of sincerity and so i was I was ready and prayerfully prepared to sincerely respond in kind. That conversation, and I think I said to Ian after it was over, and I said this on the air, I said, brother, the conversation you and I just had, that is the most dangerous conversation mm. in America, I told him. That is the one they want to avoid, whether it's about faith or anything, of anything of significance. The idea that we might come at this with completely different vantage points and, and listen and hear the other one. And maybe no one's mind has changed. I mean, I'm not backing down. But I, but, but I certainly could get up a more of an appreciation. Empathy. Empathy. There's that word missing in our culture today. I'm empathetic for why he has the conclusions that he had. And so I then shared my own story. Kid born to a 15-year-old mom in the hopes that they might be empathetic in now the conclusions that I have. And then somewhere, 
while we're bear, while we're being empathetic with one another, somewhere in there, you love your neighbor as you love yourself, and we come now and reason together, and you're able to figure out ways to share an e pluribus unum despite this wide variety of thought, when there is sincerity. There's not a lot of sincerity in our culture today. And that's why, because you said that this was uh, the most dangerous conversation you can have, and it obviously is, and the responses to it that just I saw, that's what made me say that we need to talk about this, because this is the stuff that gets people wandering out into the desert. They're so tired, and the people are coming to the Lord and his disciples and are complaining. They, they, we have to let them go. They'll never get back in time. They're way out here in the desert. They have no, and, and Jesus is like, yeah, isn't it great? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. You're so hungry, and you are finally acknowledging that you need to feed this with the only true food there is. That's what we saw happening. That's it. We're talking about Asbury Church. Same thing happened on that show. People were like, my goodness, this is, this is what the, the fresh air. It can be like this. Yes, it can be like this. Yeah, we can actually talk to one another. Breathe the free air. Yeah. Provided, we, provided the only agenda is what is true. And it's not to my to, to impose my agenda on you. Now, listen. If I didn't think what I thought was true, I wouldn't believe it, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm I'm I, I'm hoping people come to the same conclusions that I do. But that's not my agenda. That's the outcome, maybe, of my agenda if done correctly. My my agenda is let's let's talk about what's true. What is true? And that that brings me to the second point of what I saw overwhelmingly in my inbox more than anything else. And this comes now from our side of the aisle, right? So the first one was on the other side of the conversation. I've just, you forced me to reconsider things I'd kind of not taken seriously before. I want to get to the second part of the conversation uh, and of what was in my inbox that is coming from our own people. We'll get to that here in a moment. You're on the Steve Day Show here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast, powered by our friends over at My Patriot Supply. Friends, with so much chaos and danger in the world these days, you never know. You might walk into the grocery store one day and the shelves are emptied. Oh, that could never happen here, Steve. Um, except for when it did. Remember, like the toilet paper shelf? <laughs> Remember tweeting? When you went to Costco or posting on Facebook, guys, I got TP, right? And you felt like you just discovered Texas, you know, black gold, Texas tea. You never know when that could be the food supply overall. So make sure you are prepared with our friends at My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. When you do, you'll also get $200 worth of survival gear and as a, or as a free bonus. $200 worth of survival gear as a free bonus uh, that comes free with each three-month emergency food kit that you order at MyPatriotSupply.com. You'll get breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks, the full complement of the 2,000-plus calories that you need each day. MyPatriotSupply.com stays good, by the way, for over 20 years with proper storage. 
at mypatriotsupply.com. So Aaron and Todd thought it would be a good idea uh, to make the montage today about my appearance uh, on Tim Pool's show Monday. And the first clip that Aaron played, by the way, about Ukraine, I, I've never had anything in my career go more viral than that. I mean, my, my, this, is, this is Wednesday, two days later. My, my Twitter feed and almost all my mentions are still about that. I'm still getting Google alerts from different outlets across the country printing stories in response to that. So, I mean, that, that speaks to the, the power of the platform that, that Tim has for sure. But, but there are two things that, that when I looked at the, uh, the overwhelming amount of feedback in, in my inbox about that appearance. The first one we already talked about last segment, right? How many people that are from Tim Pool's, um, you know, from his ecosystem heard about me for the first time or, uh, or heard an objective case in favor of Christianity for the first time. And the conversation that Ian and I had prompted them to consider our, our viewpoint and our worldview that we bring to the table, maybe for the first time to give it serious consideration. That, that leads me to the, the second most oft piece of feedback I received. And this is now from our people. A lot of our people said in my inbox, a lot of you said that that was maybe the most effective witness from a believer in that venue you've ever seen and or you were nervous or fully expected because you're just accustomed to believers in these positions punting you thought that was going to happen here too years ago and maybe you've heard me tell this tale before uh, years ago right before the 2012 election Pat Buchanan had gotten fired at MSNBC yeah, just kind of old and set in his ways and certain terms like wet back, he wanted to keep saying on MSNBC, you know, and they're like, dude, we can't have you saying terms like that. And Pat's like, well, I'm going to keep saying it. So they, they, they finally got rid of him as their token conservative. And they were getting ready to determine who was, uh, you know, going to replace him as the token conservative on their shows. And I was one of the candidates that they considered after doing dozens of appearances on the network. And I went in uh, to 30 Rock to do an interview shortly before the 2012 election with the executive producer at MSNBC. A couple things she said to me that day really stood out to me. Um, she told me, hey, we've all worked at all the networks, Fox, MSNBC, CNN. We all hired the same engineer, same director, same camera people, same producers. There really isn't that much of a worldview belief system here. Um, you know, that the only worldview belief system comes out really with the people that are on the air. And then who knows how many of those people on the air really believe what they're saying. That's my editorial edition. But she was like, you know, we're all the same ecosystem here. We're all just, you know, people doing this for a living, basically. She told me that if Obama won re-election, that the, she thought the channel would go, would lean even more. They had just, um, uh, they, they had earlier in the election cycle, they had gone with their new slogan, which was, I think, lean forward or forward because Obama's slogan was forward or something like that. And they were going to even, they were going to go like to the wall left, if Obama won and then if Obama lost, they might, you know, moderate a little. And she reminded me, Hey, Alan Keyes used to have a show on MSNBC, which I had forgotten. And to this day still blows my mind because <laughs> it's true. All right. And, uh, one of the things that she said to me though, that stood out the most during this interview is, uh, is, is she said, 
and I'm going to quote you. That's how much this is impressed into my psyche. She said, quote, you are the first person, I've been in this industry for a long time. You are the first person I've met with your belief system that made me think you could actually be smart and believe what you believe, end quote. She went on to tell me how when I would make appearances on panels, like the, the, the engineering room, the sat trucks would all go quiet. Like everybody wanted, they, everybody wants to hear what you're going to say next. Like, but, but this wasn't like intellectually curious. This was more like, Hey, we caught one of these in their natural habitat. Everybody come over here. Bearded ladies up next. Like they were like, these things are real. Wow. It, it turns out they're not just the constructs that we make up in our monologues on our shows. Such people actually exist. Let's observe it now in its natural habitat. Very hushed tones. It's uh, the Christian is speaking again. Can you believe this kind of stuff? You know, like it was a National Geographic special and I'm the endangered species. And I, I realized and she even went on to tell me, she said, we don't, typically people with your worldview don't get this far. All these networks like to hire people that they know what they're going to say, right or left, so we can kind of have a handle on the agenda and the talking points. Typically people like you that go off script as much as you do don't get this far, particularly with your worldview. Just told me this right out front, right out to my face in the, in the interview, you know? And um, it dawned on me walking out of there. I don't, I don't lack for confidence in the arena of ideas department. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I got a fragile male ego uh, in, in, in plenty of other aspects. But, you know, I wasn't nervous walking into Tim Pool's studio at all. Not at all. I was looking forward to it, actually. I wasn't worried about gotcha questions or getting cornered at all. I was kind of hoping they'd come up. In this arena... I, I have my own inadequacies with my fragile male ego, but in the arena of ideas, I have, do not lack for confidence. But it dawned on me that this producer at MSNBC was not commenting per se on my abilities. It was on my exposure. I mean, I... I, I, my confidence comes because I've studied the works of giants, whether they're the giants of antiquity, like an Augustine, whether they're contemporary giants, like a Josh McDowell, right? Like I wasn't born, God didn't, God didn't grant me the apologetic gene. Like people that saw me grow up did not think, wow, he will be a fierce defender of the faith one day. No one thought that. No one thought that well into my twenties, frankly. I mean, I was somebody that a lot of my high school peers thought I would go on and become something. They saw my talents and abilities to communicate, but nobody, none of them said, I think we're probably going to see him like in hostile arenas defending Christianity. None of them did. Neither did I. My wife and I met in a AOL dial-up chat room version of Tinder. We had no idea that one day we'd get married and 25 years later, we'd be on our way to uh, having a second kid homeschooled all the way K through 12. My, the renewing of my mind occurred because of the labors of other people. 
true giants of the faith, true intellectual heavyweights that radically transformed my thinking, challenged it. In many respects, I am simply regurgitating what's in a lot of these other books. Just with my own test and just my own testimony and, and style of communicating added to it. We've abandoned the world. We abandoned them. We left them behind. Oh, we got really seeker friendly. We got really seeker sensitive, claiming that we were reaching out to them. No, we weren't. They laughed at us. They mocked us. Ridiculous Hawaiian shirts and skinny jeans and sweater vests and fake platitudes and niceties didn't do anything. All it did was provide a convenient, easy place for believers to go, not get challenged, not grow, not be confronted, and just enjoy the nice, quiet comfort of American suburbia. It didn't put a dent in the world at all. They're not afraid of us at all. They're not searching for us at all. The church in America is like how it's represented in the movie Paranormal Activity, non-existent. Watch that movie. Demon haunts this couple. They look everywhere for help. And if only there was an entity, an institution out there that could possibly know what to do to help them. No, we're over here. Actually, we're not. We're over here like, bring your kids in here on Sunday night for video games and uh, duck, duck, goose, guys. And put a picnic table in your front yard and bake cookies and love people better. No, there's a fight going on in this couple's home and the church isn't even like trying to get into the fight. We're like over here doing our thing. We're not relevant. We're not. We spent decades trying to be relevant and we're as irrelevant as we have ever been in response. We're not in the fight. We left them behind. All our outreach reached inward instead we left them behind we we wanted to have the conversation and 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 engagement that we were comfortable with rather than the one that needed to be had rather than the the confrontation and fight that was needed so we left them behind ian's not three years old He's a grown-ass man. Very well-read, very smart. I mean, how many A-list guests walk into the Tim Pool show every week, guys? Tons is the answer. So how is it possible Steve Dace from Des Moines, Iowa brought them something that they'd not heard before? Trust me, my ego would love to believe it's just because I got it going on. It's not. We left them behind. That's what happened. We left them behind. The times that we claimed we were engaging the world, we weren't. We loved the world instead, which Jesus told us not to do. He told us to love them, not the world. We left them behind. 
we wanted worldly access and worldly comfort and worldly ease. And so we left them behind. What's in that clip is a, is a, if you guys watch and listen to this show regularly, that's a pretty surface level defense of Christianity compared to what we do on this show sure. most of the time. Right. And to them, it seemed like it was like transformational. Why? Because in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. I'm the only one that walked in. Am I the first Christian to walk into Tim Pool's studio? Probably not. Maybe I'm the first one to walk in there, though, and offer him a drink of water. Anybody here thirsty? Maybe I'm the first one to go in there and have an agenda other than growing my platform or selling my book and my movie, which I wanted to go there for that reason, too. But what are, where's, what, what's our priorities? Now, I, I think we just left them behind. So this seems radical, new. Crazy even. Am I Socrates or Socrates? They do, or Socrates? They don't know, but it's wow. It's not. It's not wow. It's pretty basic, actually. I can show you some wow stuff. That's the stuff that radically transformed me. But what I'm offering, and what I offered on that show the other night, ain't radical. It is if there's no other entry point, if no one else is has postulated or provoked such conversations and it's very radical. We're not in the fight, guys. In many of our communities, we have these massive buildings and campuses. And frankly, other than the tax classification that they get for being churches and nonprofits, they are just not thought of on a daily basis as being relevant to whatever business is occurring in that community on a daily basis. They're just get-togethers, man. We just sit around pumping each other up. Wouldn't it be great if somebody did something and we all look at each other, then we go in and raise our hands and worship and walk out. We left them behind. I'm not, I'm not more brilliant than most of you. I'm just willing Too many of us are not willing. So we left them behind. And what we called engagement of the world was really loving this world instead. You guys have any thoughts on that? The entire last 18 minutes, and don't worry, I'm not going to give it away, but the, the, the last 18 minutes are summed up extremely well. I believe it's 11 words of dialogue from Nefarious, my favorite line in the movie. So powerfully said. And again, I'm not going to give it away, but I think that might be the entirety of my montage, whatever day we come back after the movie premieres, is the enti this entire 18 minutes. There, there have been and has been a battle going on and we have just just abdicated over and over and over again and we're still abdicating ask what matt walsh being called cruel for calling mental illness mental illness exactly. by other conservatives yeah that's why that's why we're here
All right, back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. And all of you, though hopefully not all at once, can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. And look for me over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace, where who knows, maybe one day, maybe one day we will add another follower there. Frankly, I'm just hanging around that website, waiting for that day to occur. I'm, I'm, I must say, I respect the Trump algorithm's attempt to crush me. I respect the hell out of it, actually. And so I am just there out of spite, out of pure spite, uh, in the dude coat. So. And inwardly, I'm kind of wondering who hates me more, fake book or truth social. And I, frankly, I think truth social is winning right now, which is saying something. It, it is hard. It is hard to crush me more than fake book does. But I'm uh, truth social is up to the task. And so respect. All right. So you can find me there. But good luck. All right. Uh, we'd love to find your five star review on our podcast page, whichever podcast platform that you access us via. We would appreciate those five star reviews. Thank you to all of you that have given them to us in the past. And please hit subscribe or follow as well if you are yet to do that. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Bullion Max. You know, 2022 was the worst year for the stock market since 2008. Was 2008 a good year for the economy in general? No. Bad? Probably not good to be compared to 2008. What does 2023 hold? I don't know, because we're still doing the whole let's go Brandon thing. Find out why smart people that were smart enough to make money were then smart enough uh, to use precious metals, rare commodities, as a means of a hedge against inflation, government debasement schemes, you know, like what we currently call a government right now. Our friends at Bullion Max can get you started. It's with their silver starter kit that includes the solid one ounce silver American Eagle that's so popular and so much more. This is the best way to get started with diversifying your portfolio and they'll offer it to you at employee pricing. You can't get it any more inexpensive than that. When you go to bullionmax.com slash Steve today, that is bullionmax.com slash Steve. All right, let us get to buy, sell, or hold. And since we're only doing one segment, uh, we will have bonus buy, sell, or hold in the overtime today for Blaze TV subscribers. So if you want to see all of buy, sell, or hold, make sure you become a Blaze TV subscriber today at blazetv.com slash dace. Just $10 a month to become a Blaze TV subscriber there at blazetv.com slash dace. And that is where you will watch it later today. If you are a Blaze TV subscriber at blazetv.com slash days, don't come in one day and try to access us and get shocked that you can't because we've been censored everywhere. Get us directly at blazetv.com slash days. So Aaron, with some help from his friends in the audience, has prepared for you and I, Todd, a list of predictions and prophecies at all. You and I will determine, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Um, if, however... At any point and time, you use the hold, you have punked out, you have violated the dude code, and you have to be responsible for prepping Lindsey Graham no. for his next date night. Didn't need to 
finish that sentence. You were a no before I even yes. finished it. You heard the name. Yes. And that was an automatic no. Correct. I dig that about you. Aaron, let us begin. Been a heavy show so far, so we'll start off on a more lighthearted note with this from Patrick Oney, who says, the only thing missing from starting World War III is an Archduke Ferdinand moment. (laughs) (laughs) Starting on a a lighter note. I love that. Yeah, I agree. Um, This is almost an exact replay. So we're just looking for the powder keg here. That I... I completely agree with that analysis. Yeah. It's also why making long-range plans is challenging. We have no idea what the world's going to be like next month. No, we don't. No clue. I, all I know is if they launch this thing before Nefarious gets out on April the 14th, I'm going to be really pissed. Okay? <laughs> if we do the, the guns of August, fine. Guns of April, I'm really going to get mad. Okay? Next, we go to McCool, who says, Ash Wednesday is nowhere to be found in the Bible, and its observance uh, by Protestants is an own goal on the importance of tradition. Oh, so this is from one of your... Uh, this is... I can't... The, the, it, so, it, well, at first I thought... I don't think so. I think, no. This is not a Catholic. Okay. Because at first no, it I seemed like he was dunking on Protestants for observing... He's dunking on both. On both. Okay. Total Jesus juke here. He's A double Jesus juke? Okay, here, here, here's um, why I will sell as a proud evangelical. What, what does it possibly do to harm the integrity and centrality of the gospel for millions of Christians each year to solemnly acknowledge what was done for them to make them Christians? What, what does it possibly harm whether you agree with what whether you agree that it's in the bible or the word rapture is not in the bible how many books have we written about that so i i just don't understand why a public remembrance of christ's suffering does any harm whatsoever to the centrality and potency and credibility of the gospel if anything, I could argue it does the exact opposite. So I will sell. Stuff's ex- exhausting. And this is the stuff that Ian, your new friend, was talking about. Today, people are going to go to church, confess that at their core, they are sinners. From dust we came and from dust we will return, that we will die and we need to reconcile ourselves to that fact and which side of death we will end up on. And then we will spend... Now, I know you know this, numbers in the Bible. Is it 50 days? Is it 30 days? What's that number again? How many days? 40, a number repeated in the Bible over and over and over again. A, A time of testing, a time of preparation for ultimate gift. I mean, don't... You got you got the cross thing up there like it's your flag like it's your Ukrainian flag emoji. Don't waste my time, <laughs> really. Don't waste my time with this crap. Next, we go to everything is awesome. By the way, my rubric for selecting these: if I know what either of you are going to say, I usually just skip them. Except in examples like that, I knew what Todd was going to say, therefore I selected. <laughs> <laughs> 
Everything is awesome, says Vivek Ramaswamy will have a larger impact on the 2024 primary than Haley, Pence, Scott, Sununu, and Pompeo combined. Damn, that's terrifying. So I'm meeting him tomorrow, actually. Really? Uh, he, he's here in town tomorrow. And uh, did not they, mention they, that. They spe- I, I, I've been a little distracted, yeah, yeah, yeah. actually. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, I'm meeting him tomorrow night. They requested my presence. They're doing an event at the Machine Shed. So they know they're Iowa. Someone did their homework on Iowa. All right. Vivek going to the Machine Shed is much has much more credibility than uh, than the Iowa caucus leadership team of retread has-beens of retread has-been establishmentarians that Trump announced yesterday. You guys see that? Yeah, Brand said. Yes. Yeah, uh, the, Eric. The, yeah. I mean, here's what I can tell you. I've I, I've been on the ground floor of either working for running. Um, or working for and selecting those who would run it or covering or supporting the two most successful Republican primary or Iowa caucus campaigns in the history of the state. They got the most votes ever. Mike Huckabee in 08 and Ted Cruz in 2016. I wouldn't hire or recommend any of the names that Trump hired. In fact, I'd recommend that Trump actually go do an event on his own at Machine Shed and be the man of the people that he's known to be. Vivek is doing that. So he's got Kathy Barnett working for him. Another smart play. Um, I'm actually going to buy on this because I think it's both a statement of what I think about that part of the field, which is not much, by the way. It's not much. Um, I'm going to be on Jesse Kelly's show later today. Uh, Mike Pence this, this, this morning attacked Ron DeSantis for what DeSantis did to Disney and said that's not limited government conservatism. And Jesse tweeted out, Mike Pence... Mike Pence is the front runner to be the GOP nominee in 1994. Okay. Uh, I, I think Vivek, as much as his worldview permits, gets the larger picture. I, I see him casting vision, which we don't see a lot. Frankly, the only vision you get is from Trump and from uh, DeSantis, which is why they're the two overwhelming Frontrunners, they offer you a, a, a vision that is counter to what we are getting. Nikki Haley represents the status quo of what we have been getting. Mike Pence represents that status quo, just with less balls than Nikki Haley. Um, Who's the third person on that Mike list? Mike Pompeo, decent guy. I'm not really sure what his vision is. Mike Pompeo was on that list too, right? Yeah. Scott Sununu Pompeo, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know. that. Uh, I think Tim Scott wants to run. I would strongly advise he not. Um Vivek understands you have to cast a vision. He gets that. So for that reason only, and because I don't see anybody else on that list having one, I, I could buy that. Yeah. I'm I'm selling because three of them worked for Trump, and that's one of their key bits of utility and all this, and why they will be able to last long, longer than they would if they were just trying to cast their own vision and failing at that. The fact that they can constantly be nipping at Trump's heels mean that I just think... Listen, I, I look forward to you coming back and telling us more, but until I hear otherwise, I just think that that's a swamp that I don't know how he's going to come out of. Well, he's got money. He can self-fund, and he's got a vision. I don't know. I'm not saying I think he could win or anything, but I think he's got money, he's got vision, and doesn't seem to give a rip. So I could see him impacting the debate along those lines. You know what I'm saying? I could see that for sure. Okay. 
Next, Jim McNell says, Joe Burrow looks like Jim Brewer and Joe Pesci had a, uh, had a child. <laughs> nice. What about a less drugged out Macaulay Culkin? That's in a better description. I'll buy yours. Yeah, I'm not getting the Pesci. Uh, uh, I'll buy the athletic, less drugged out Macaulay Culkin uh, uh, virgin, version. I, as I say virgin, I think we're long past that. All right, so, but I like yours better. I'll buy yours. Okay. Yeah. So will I. Okay. We go now to Sean Griffiths, who has a list for us. Hang on to your butts. With the I spirit know. of the, the age, his name comes up. I'm like, oh no. Rewriting, uh, is it Roald Dahl? Yeah. Classic yeah. children's books. Said he went ahead and saved the records department at the Ministry of Truth, the trouble with the following children's books rewrites The BFG, the Big Friendly Groomer. Oh, my of gosh. course. Of course. Little Women, except the last. Or the E is replaced with an X. Fine. It's not, they're not, they're not using the Y anymore. It's an X now. Huh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It used to be a Y. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. Peter Pansexual. Yes. Um, oh, no. Oh, oh, that's, that's true. By Curious George. <laughs> oh, no. By no, Curious no. George. <laughs> no. I'm, but yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm deeply vexed. A little um, colonizers on the prairie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anne of Green Eco Justice. <laughs> Did you guys hear Greta Thunberg is heading to uh, East Palestine, Ohio? No, she's not. Just kidding. Come on. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, the non-binary, vegan, pansexual, indigenous person in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> Transy with a chance of meatball surgery. Oh, <sighs> gosh. I hate you, Sean. I hate you. I have a very fond memory of taking little Anastasia to Cloudy with a chance of meatballs on a daddy-daughter date. That you have just soiled that now. Thank you. The lion, the witch, come out of the wardrobe. Ah, no. No is my answer to all of those. No. Well done. Which is why I must buy. Yes. Yeah, because my answer is no to all of them I must buy. Yes, because they are sadly on point in this once great civilization. Next, Amy What's-Her-Face says the what Steve name, Day the Show way. is going to change the world. Very kind, Amy. That's very yes. kind. I'm going to sell on that, but I, I, that's very kind. Thank you. I, what a name. I'm buying. I'm, I'm guessing, I'm, I don't know the woman, but I'm, I'm guessing, at least personally, um, I'm guessing that came from someone said, Amy, what's her face? And she just owned that. Oh. I love that. Just, just owning owning people's attempts to diminish or put you down. We did that for a while. Remember remember when we were listed under other programming? Other programming, yes. And so yes. we just kept referring to ourselves as that. I like that kind of a tactic. So I, I love the name Amy What's-Her-Face. Next, we go to Aqua Bill, who has this in honor of the start of spring training. Another one of those markers that tells us we're getting closer to warmer temperatures. An MLB Mount Rushmore of unbreakable records. All right, here we go. Now, now you're going to piss Todd off. Number one, Cy Young's 511 oh, wins as a starting yeah. pitcher. A absolutely. Yes. That's never, never getting approached. Never. Number two, Nolan Ryan's seven no-hitters. That I'll, I'll sell. I could see that happening. I mean, the ratio, the rate of no-hitters we've had the last few years with the rule changes and things of that nature, I could see that. I, I To me, there's a chasm between Cy Young's 511 wins and Nolan Ryan's oh. seven no-hitters. I don't think it's likely, but it's nowhere near as unlikely as Cy Young, so I'm going to sell. I'll buy just because of how we use bullpens now, and pitchers just don't have the makeup to generally go the distance that many times. 
Number three, Cal Ripken, uh, 2,632 consecutive right. games I'll, played. I'll buy that one, too. I, I think that's – there's no point to it. I, yeah. And that – could you – that is something, and you know, I, I love, I grew up loving the Grand Old Dam. Okay, you know that. Yeah. Okay. But I've never understood this. I didn't understand this growing up. I tune in, you know, watch the Tigers on WDIV, you know, Cecil Fielder, Chet Lemon, taking the day off on a Sunday. Oh, okay, I mean, everybody deserves a day off every now and then, right? And they're sitting there in the dugout. Uh, okay. Um, like on your day off. It's like come in and sit over there. Come on the show. Todd has the day off. He's he's just sitting over there. I mean, he can't can't like come over here and have a day off while your team's playing. Can't come over here and talk. You're having a day off, but you're just sitting over there. Explain to me the baseball thing. He's taking a day off, but he's at work. If you could come in, take BP. If that's your point, yeah, Yeah, why aren't you playing? Why aren't you playing? Yeah. I mean, you're just going to sit there and watch, taking a day off, play the game. You're at work. I've never understood that. Help me understand that. I can't. Okay. Just wanted to make sure it wasn't just me. Because a lot of times it is. But in this case, it's not. (laughs) Okay. Um, Number four, Ricky Henderson's uh, 1,406 stolen bases. Yeah, there's just not as much value in that as there was when we were kids or before you were born. But... Um, I, I'm, I'm a hard buy on three of them. I don't agree on Nolan Ryan, seven O hitters. And I, I say this as someone that has a Nolan Ryan autographed baseball on prominent display in his man cave. I just, I think that is, that is not, I'm not saying I'm predicting someone would do it. I just don't think it's as difficult as everything else on that list. Uh, Honorable mention, Greg Maddox, 78 pitch complete game. Now see that to me is far more unattainable than the seven no-hitters, in my view. Um, I'm fine with that one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I'm fine with that one. Yeah. He's a truly unique pitcher in all of baseball history. Yeah, bye. Great list. Next up, we go to Constitution Cal, who says, Steve's gospel presentation to Ian was better than anything you'll hear from the pulpit in the vast majority of evangelical uh, evangelical churches in America. We already kind of talked about yeah, this. I'll, but I'll buy, we'll but buy. that's not a compliment to me, is what I was trying to point out last hour. That is an indictment of, of how we have betrayed our neighbor. That's what it's an indictment of. It's not a compliment to me. Okay. It's a, it's a, all I did guys is endure some suffering, abuse, which is not uncommon. We all endure some suffering. Everybody's got a testimony. Everybody has had something happen to them. Okay. All right. It's an unjust world. We all have a story. So all I did was endure that. All I did was get converted, not by anything I did and was willing to, 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 study about what I just got converted into. How did, who did I study? Other people's works. Basically, I studied what other people did. All right. And I was just willing to share that. That's it. That's it. We could have been doing this for decades. We chose not to. So I agree that that is a buy, but I don't think it's a compliment to me. I think it's an indictment of how we have betrayed our neighbor for the last how many decades, which is why we're here today. 
I'll buy based on the force of your response there. What I'm amazed is you respond so quickly. That didn't just say Protestant churches. It said, it specifically said evangelical, evangelical. churches. Mm -hmm. Like that's what people think. I mean, for, without getting into deep, uh, th there's the, the mass right. has a multitude of parts. When I think of a good, a good evangelical church, you come in, you sing some cool songs, you get, and then you have some killer preaching from yeah. the word. If, if you're not getting this right in the, in the evangelical church, can't what's your, left? Can't get your root, you can't get your root word right. I mean, what the term evangelical, what is the root word? Evangelize? Yeah. Yeah. Can't even get the root word right. Remember a few years ago when we had to do an entire year of shows on what conservative means? Yeah. Well, what, what does a word mean? It always means what its root word means. Okay? So you're, you're right. That's it's what amazing. it means. It's just amazing. That's what it's supposed to mean. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Next up, we go to Brian Johnson, who says that a Sean Watson deal ruined the QB market in the NFL. It will be impossible to make a multi-year run when you pay a quarterback this much money. I'm going to sell because you'll just do what the NFL this did this year and just uh, have a record salary cap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, they just keep just raise the salary the cap. cap. Yeah, they'll just raise the they'll Which just raise the salary cap. Patrick Mahomes, what half billion dollar or maybe it is a billion dollar deal actually looks pretty cheap right now because I think it's yeah. a ten year contract. Yeah, remember remember the deal Matt Stafford signed with the Lions yeah. the year before we traded him and that was the biggest deal of all time. I mean, what is he now seventh eighth highest paid quarterback in the league? Yeah. So it just raise the salary cap. Uh, so I, I don't agree with that. I'll sell. Well, I was. I think those are sound reasons. Um, I will buy. You know, we just got done talking about baseball. You know, football keeps going this direction. It's not, not probably not going to happen in mine and Steve's lifetime. But you know, it, it it can baseball itself in terms of its distancing itself as a product. People can't relate to it anymore for any number of reasons. Like it just, we don't. The more we do this stuff, it's you can't. Steve's point about literally, uh, gentlemen. This is a football. Like, I, I don't begrudge anybody um, making a, a big pile of money, but the people who are making it and the things that they, uh, the way they live their lives, the the things they claim to believe in, I, I don't know. It's all part of something that, to me, is ultimately unsustainable. Not tomorrow, but it, it's a. This is another argument I have about the NCAA and everything's going on there. I just don't. This isn't going to any place good. Next, Andy in Florida says the Steve Day Show studio will be wasp free in 2023. I'm going to buy because I need this to be true. Okay. And and we do think we found the culprit. For, last summer wasn't as much of a problem, right? Yeah. Okay. It was a different type of wasp too. Yeah. Yeah. Summer. So I I I'm I need this to be true. Um, although something tells me we we may end up with a fly problem mm. this year, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. Maybe I could see some of that. But oh, but you suck. Next. No, I did. So I meant to. The problem's done. I thought yeah. I was. I was buying yeah. that the problem's oh, over. Okay, then I love you. So, again. okay, no, right. then you're okay. Sorry if I. All right, yeah. Uh, Tamara B says, "Buy, sell, or hold." The folks in the Blaze TV chat are playing a drinking game. Each time Steve mentions his movie, we drink. Lately, the folks playing this drinking game are drunk by the end of the show. Then I'm doing it right. We have some goofy bastages, <laughs> apparently, on the then Blaze I, TV then, then, I'm, then I'm doing it right. Go to whoisnefarious.com. I don't think I've mentioned it yet, so let's me, let me mention it now. Go to whoisnefarious.com, 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 whoisnefarious.com. 
There, you just took four shots right there. Your two sheets to the win, right? Or is it three sheets to the win? I can't remember. If this was meant to be a shot in any way, listen, if this was the Steve Day show and we talk about culture and politics and then, like, Steve on a lark on the side, like, just made, like, some... On my some, iPhone. Some football movie or something. You know, something that, like... That, Guys, look what I made this, this weekend on my iPhone. This, this movie is the show. That, that's why it's being talked about. That's, and also why there's no excuses for people to say, don't go see R-rated movies. I don't know. This, this isn't a PJ show. No. So I don't, I guess, yeah, the ones are, uh, the, the, the language is too coarse, and maybe you're not going to go see the movie either. But the movie is the show. The show is the movie. Both seek to glorify God. By the way, you kind of bury the lead there. You can't shame me on self-promotion. It's virtually impossible. I mean, it, it, it simply just cannot occur. I mean, I just, I can't be shamed. I, I'm beyond, I am beyond shameless Garth Brooks when it comes to self-promotion. So um, by all means, if, you're, if you chose to enlist yourself in a drinking game, thinking that at, at some point I would show some level of self-restraint where shameless self-promotion uh, was being embarked upon and you now are in AA, that's a you problem. I mean, you must have just started listening to this show yesterday. You want me to talk about myself. Exactly. It's just, I cannot be shamed in this area. I am beyond shameless. Yes. Next, a couple from the same individual, NSFW, says someone at Pfizer or the FBI threatened or bribed the board of Project Veritas. I can absolutely buy this. Um, The timing just is... And I mean, this was part of the conversation we had at Tim Pool's show the other night as well. Let's just assume everything that the board is alleging. The first allegation that he's not the nicest boss. James, I don't know that for a fact. Would James O'Keefe, who I know, who I know a little bit, but would it be? Would that be the first? Would I be? Would be the first person I'd encounter that wasn't the nicest to people behind the scenes? Is that all that uncommon in this line of work? No. No. So let's assume that's true. Let's assume that some of the financial malfeasance, which when you talk about a budget of $22 million, is pretty rinky-dink and low rate. So, But congrats on the upcoming IRS audit y'all be getting because of what you put out there. Let's assume it's all true. Okay, fine. Now, now's the moment. I'm, after his biggest sting ever, 50 million views on Pfizer, now's the moment where, you know, we really need to have a conversation about this. The day after he wins the the day after Aaron Rodgers wins the Super Bowl, you're like, dude, you're alienated from your family. And well, you're you're kind of a douche. Now we're gonna talk about it the day after you know what I'm trying to say? Now's the moment. Now's the the middle of the ticker take parade, downtown Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers holding up the Lombardi trophy, and 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 the coach is like, you know, I really think you should call you should call your mom. You're gonna talk about it now? No one does that. The timing of it, you just simply can't possibly avoid making commentary like this about you can't because if these are these are issues then they've been issues for a while then why did they just now come to the surface after he takes down pfizer because he's not taking down pfizer remember what i told you the other day you're not pfizer's customers governments are who he really took down were all these governments around the world that's who he really took down not pfizer Next up, 
same guy, says the fact that Norfolk Southern has a higher ESG score than Tesla tells you all you need to know about the New World Order. And yeah. I double-checked on this, and that is true. Wow. Yeah, I just... What were we saying about the two paths you take? You just join the cult? Yeah. You assimilate, right? Or you choose the path that Tim Pool and his peers took, which is we're going to stay yeah. on the path of truth-seeking, but most don't do that. Most take the, yes, we will we will assimilate, and well, this is this is an itemization of that What were you point. saying about the church? We left them behind. Mm-hmm. Sean Griffiths again. Uh, the only problem with the Red Scare and McCarthyism is that they didn't take it nearly far enough in rooting out the commie infiltrators. I'm starting to be very sympathetic to this viewpoint, I must confess. Okay, I'm starting to be very, very sympathetic to this viewpoint. So I will buy. Yeah, I'm open to it as well. Absolutely. Another about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy who uh, from Dustin, who says he's a sleeper for 2023 candidate and potential vice president. Uh, well, 2024, I think. Is what or 2024, yeah. Um, uh, I'm selling until I find out something more. Okay. I don't know about... Do I have to take it as a package deal? Okay. Mm, not necessarily. I, I, I don't know what he would bring to the table as a running mate, other than he's a very, uh, he's a very effective speaker, but I can get that from people that also would bring some electoral strategic value at the same time. But I just understanding the way things work in Iowa, a guy with a vision, who was anxious to sell it and money to spend I could absolutely see being a sleeper factor. I could, yeah. Especially when you look at, again, the only two candidates that are selling a vision are Trump and DeSantis. No one else is. Everyone else is just selling a variation of the status quo with them in control. Daniel Horowitz is next. You can purify the air in your home and get healthy, clean, fresh-smelling air, eliminate odors, kill mold and mildew and bacteria and even some viruses with our friends over at Eden Pure and their Thunderstorm Air Purifier, which seeks out odors and air pollutants in your home and destroys them. Doesn't mask them, doesn't cover it up. It literally eliminates them, and it's a filterless technology, so you won't be out of your own pocket replacing filters or using your own time to do that. Uh, And it's called the thunderstorm because it purifies the air in your home and purifies it, providing it with uh, pure, fresh air, just like after a thunderstorm. And right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home protection. That's three units for under $200. That's a fraction of what they cost compared to others in the same space. They can run for well over $600 and probably don't work as well. All right, so with this special offer, get three units for under $200. When you go to EdenPureDeals.com, use the discount code STEVE. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code STEVE. Save the $200, and you'll get free shipping and free shipping at EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Steve. Let's welcome back in our good friend, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself, the one and only Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? Well, my blood's not clotting, so it's boiling as always. It's always doing in this country one or the other, boiling or clotting, indeed. So we are now um, a full week plus since the release of our book, 
rise of the Fourth Reich, confronting COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial, so this never happens again. I want to get your reaction to the reaction it has received thus far. Sure. So, you know, I encourage everyone to go to Amazon, look at the reviews, and you will see the degree of intensity behind the book is unrivaled by anything on the market. That's for sure. And I think everyone recognizes that this is literally it's not a book. It's a movement. It is it's really the Rosetta Stone of everything that's happening to us, because, you know, whether you're worried about the chemical uh, spill or explosion or food and fuel or whatever else they're doing to us, this is the Rosetta Stone because you realize if they can, they have the means and the motive to do this. They have the means and the motive to do anything else and there's nothing more imminent and urgent than taking care of this yet on the same at the same time steve for the very reason we need to write this book we're up against that same apathy um that you know there's a limit to how far it will go we haven't been on a single cable show anywhere we've gotten some great help from from glenn beck and steve bannon a couple others not too many we've been on local shows Um, But, Steve, I've mainly been busy doing my work, doing my work, fighting the issues in this book and other issues as well. Um, I mainly have not been doing book promotions just because this is what we do for a living. Mm -hmm. We're trying to actually make a difference, not just sell books. So I'm just going to tell you, it's funny, that dichotomy there between how important it is and how much of an issue is. There's never a single day where the conservative media narrative is that the entire world is dropping dead and the birth rates are plummeting, perfectly coinciding with the shots. That is never the number one story. Do you think we, this might be the first book ever to break into the, into the top 50 overall on Amazon, which basically means it's a national bestseller. You think this might be the first book ever I mean, Fauci and Bargain, we got on Tucker after we got, after it became a bestseller, and then he made it a bestseller again. But yeah, so, but I got on Tucker with Fauci and Bargain. Do you think this is the first book ever produced on the right since the, since the advent of Fox News that reached bestseller status without a single publicity push anywhere on Fox News Channel? Because I think it might be. I, I definitely think it might be. I mean, we are ahead of Mike Pompeo still. He did come out earlier, and he was on Fox left and right. That That is all he's doing, um, talking about how Ukraine is really America first. So certainly that resonates on Fox. Uh, that's usually what it takes. That is usually what it takes. Um, certainly on the right, obviously, you got Bernie Sanders' book out, uh, which you know has its own movement and uh system is that the it. uh pay for thirty dollars to read about why uh, uh capitalism <laughs> sucks and uh my tens of thousands of dollars uh per uh honor- honorarium per appearance and all my royalties and my seven figure yep. advance uh but capitalism blows chunks that book is that the one you're talking about that that book but you know it's funny you mention that because it's kind of like mike pence and bernie sanders seem to have the same view of capitalism now they both believe that it's the the government has the right to market fund promote a deadly product absolve it of liability allow them to fabricate their own trials and then force it on you but then 
if you try to cut off special favors um, to corporations, then that's that's uh, socialism. That's Mike Pence's view. But it's interestingly enough, Bernie Sanders, for someone who doesn't like capitalism, he sure loves himself some Pfizer. That's one of the best parodies I saw throughout the last few years was comedian Ryan Long, who I think I just saw got booked on Joe Rogan. So good for Ryan. Uh, comedian Ryan Long, in his parody where he walks around outside with the Pfizer shirt, sign, having people sign petitions about how bad and evil corporations are, except Pfizer. Except Pfizer's great. Pfizer's great. All other corporations are terrible and bad, except Pfizer. I mean, that, remember that parody video? Yes. That was extremely, that was extremely well done. Um, I want to read to you a text I got from a buddy of mine last night because this has been one of the most frequent pieces of feedback in my inbox to our book I ever saved. Um, I am telling everybody I know, well, let me re- start at the top, sorry. Halfway through the book, never been so pissed off. And he puts pissed off in all caps. I'm telling everybody about this book I know, but seriously, I'm so angry. <laughs> um... It's like a John Grisham novel, except this stuff is true. The amount of emails I have gotten from people, I had to stop. I, I normally read at night before I go to bed. I had to stop. I couldn't get to sleep. I'm so worked up. I'm so angry. I'm getting that feedback from people a lot. Your thoughts? So that's the biggest thing. And even the people that followed us religiously throughout the last few years, and they're up on the data, they're up on the on the science. But I think... Why this is so important is because to the best of our ability, we try to encapsulate in one work the feelings behind where this came from, what actually happened to us at an emotional and a legal and a moral level and where it's headed. And it leaves you with a book, you know, typically with a book, um, you know, if it's a good book, you're sad it's over with because you enjoyed reading it Mm -hmm. with this book. You're like all right, I need to punch someone. What do I do? What do I do? And that's exactly, I mean, I'd say it's job well done because that's the action we sought to elicit. Because I think my concern is that as it gets worse and worse, I mean, they're literally all over Africa. They're, they're spreading polio. I mean, this is open source now. They're spreading it with a vaccine. Um, they're bringing it back. Uh, you now have a Marburg outbreak in Guinea. They're doing this. Um, I mean, this was like our box cutter movement um, post 9-11 box cutters on airplanes. And then imagine not dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't even been that we haven't even it's been a year since the Ukrainian biolabs were revealed. Hey, what's going on there? There's no impetus to action. It's like every other issue excites conservative media except for this. And. I mean, j- just this week, the biggest story should have been that German paper that came out that showed they fabricated the trial. They just fabricated it. People indeed did die of strokes and heart uh, failure, and they just said, oh, it wasn't from the uh, wasn't from the trial. Or they kicked out 250 people from a, a sample size of a thousand. It's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm literally I'm I'm texting with with one of the guys that's mentioned there. Uh, right now, he's from Argentina. He's a lawyer, and he just uncovered a document. Literally, just just released it today. Um, how this was a military operation. He got a sealed military document um, between the Argentine Department of Defense and uh, Pfizer. Remember, Buenos Aires was the largest trial site. I mean, this was mass genocide. 
And and you tell me, Steve, is there any impetus to deal with this? Because this is about the betterment of humanity. It's not so cool politically. Mm-hmm. There's no like, hey, but but Trump said this and he said that. And that's just not that's not where it's at. So the more they believe that's not where it's at, that's why we need everyone to understand this is where it's at. This is the single most important issue. Um, I don't even I mean, Steve, where are we six months from now? Where are we six months from now at the pace of died suddenly? Every data point is now showing that December of last the last month was the worst with excess deaths. We're at a 19 percent increase in excess deaths in the entire European Union. 19 percent. And almost all of those countries concurrently have a once in a hundred year drop in births. I mean, how do you how do you bridge that? I, I I literally cannot understand what issue is more important than this. Ed Dowd, first time I heard about him was on your podcast almost two years ago. All right, he just did a long form interview with Tucker Carlson. I think our I think my show was the first to put Scott Atlas on on the air. He ended up getting into the White House. I mean, people like you and I have had some success penetrating this Overton window. And, and getting these sources uh, some light so they eventually get much bigger exposure. And yet the dynamic that you just described still remains with much of our peer group. Why? Man, Steve, that's, that's a tough one. You want me to get into their mind? Let me say, let me say the benign explanation for it. I think the the most innocuous reason is um, our A team is not in politics. I, I think that's quite evident from the results of the last forty years. Our A team is not in politics, hmm. and what I mean by that is they are incapable of learning new issues. Mm -hmm. They are incapable of thinking independently. They are incapable of waking up every day and surveying what are the most important things that I need to plow forward with and have a continuity of observations, a continuity of strategy, a continuity of follow-up day to day, rather than just being like a balloon in the wind, looking on Twitter, looking at the media, oh, but this, but that, but this, but that, I mean, that's part of the problem. The liberal media also controls our side too, because they determine. Because the much of what we do is just a reaction to their narrative. We just react to their. We stuff. don't have a counter narrative. Yeah. But but their biggest problem is the obfuscation. They don't want to talk about the biggest things, and you know, increasingly, I think we are creating a parallel movement, and that parallel movement speaks volumes. I don't think. 15 years ago, we could have gotten to where we are, um, you know, without getting on Fox and getting on other cable shows and things like that. So I do think that movement is growing, but it's just it's just going to take a long time. Final question for you. What about the release of the book? And it could be reaction you've seen, lack thereof, could be your own thoughts. What about this experience has surprised you the most? Well, you know, on a non-fundamental level, just just uh, interesting observation. I never knew how into audiobooks people are. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's still like that. I think it is. Our audiobook is actually beating the hardcover, which I haven't seen with anyone else. So 
Um, I think that speaks to the emotional level of this book. The human toll that people have gone through, there's something about the human voice giving over this book relative to the written word um, in contrast to almost any book out there. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe there are books. But in terms of all the ones at the top that I've been looking at that, you know, in the top 50 or so, I don't know of a book where the audio book is tracking ahead. So I think um, and I've definitely seen from a lot of the feedback, I've even seen people get the book and then listen to it. Um, the voice actors did a terrific, terrific job, certainly better than yours truly did in, in, in uh, the parts that I did. Um, they were very talented and I think brought out that emotion because, Steve, this is if I had to answer your previous question about our colleagues, along with the lack of intellect is I think there is a lack of heart. Um, I think I think you and I, we see things and we really mean it. You could agree with us or disagree with us, but we really internalize it. And then that spawns you to action. And I think that's lacking. It's lacking with some people. This is not some intellectual exercise. This is not just commentary or entertainment or an industry. Mm -hmm. This really matters. And human lives were destroyed. Mm -hmm. And none of those things we identified have been rectified yet. Very well said, my friend. Always good to see you. Thank you. See you next week. You bet. Gentlemen, your thoughts as we close this out on that conversation or anything else we talked about today? Well, I had an interesting private conversation with Daniel when we were together in Dallas about the uh, magical power of vaccines. But that said, you, the simple fact of the matter is, and the worry is, and the warning is that it's going to come to more people in the coming years. But most people still uh, thought this pandemic was uh, real and most people gladly took that vaccine. Most people don't think that they have any adverse effects from that and thus think it saved them from the terrible plague that was upon us. And that's why a lot of people, and that, that's a lot of people on the right. It, until that breaks them, and it's happening more and more, and we were warning about it in 2020, not in uh, 2023, as some are awakening to. That That's just the reality of this situation. Uh, it's, Thor talks about it, you know, in his world, his magic, his science. Well, in our world, the science is magic to people. And they're not going to let it go until a new wizard comes along and shows them otherwise, or they get sick or injured. Aaron? Yeah, I mean, we have a plethora just in the last week of cracks in the foundation, nails in the coffin mm -hmm. of the jab narrative, the mask narrative, NBC saying, hey, natural immunity is as good as the jab. It's actually better. Uh, we have the New York Times just in the yeah. last 24 hours publishing a long expose bemoaning how face masks are now littering everywhere and they did absolutely nothing the jet 90 plus year olds in new zealand during the year of 2022 died who were covid jabbed and boosted died of covid at nine times the rate of those who were unjabbed all of these things just in the last week and yet todd what were you saying before the show university of michigan university of michigan to, be boosted to go to school there. and they're not alone
No, it's they're not just alone. they're not alone. Ju- in, yeah, not to pick on them. It's just you have to make this end. That's the bottom line. And that's why we wrote the book to do whatever we could, our part, to try to make it end. Bonus buy seller hold coming your way for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, see you tomorrow. Until then, John three seven. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.